be an economist radio initiates conversations outside the textbook for students. Today, we'll be discussing the effects of COVID-19 on youth, highlighting the loss of human capital and graduation during a recession by examining the labor market, income inequality, and social mobility. Hi, welcome everyone. This is Sarah from Seoul, South Korea, and I'll be speaking about the US and the UK. Hello, Sarah. Hi, I'm extremely grateful to be speaking today. I'm Rissa, and I'm from Hong Kong. Welcome, Rissa. I'll be providing my perspective on today's topic by talking about Hong Kong, my home city. Hello, guys. This is Jake from Seoul, South Korea. Hi, Jake. I'll be speaking about Korea. This might sound like an exaggeration, but I genuinely feel like COVID-19 has cancelled two years of my life and for the world too. If we look at the US unemployment rate first, the number jumped from 3.67% in 2019 to 14.8% in 2020, the highest number since it was first recorded in 1948. For the UK, unemployment itself didn't rise much, but still increased from 3.74% in 2019 to 5% in 2021. Yeah, the unemployment rate for South Korea has increased too. The number soared from 3.2% in 2019 to roughly 5.5% in 2020. Yeah, and it's no exception in Hong Kong. The unemployment rate was 2.9% before COVID, and then it hit a staggeringly high level of 7.2% in the midst of the pandemic. I mean, it has since recovered and has fallen to around 3.9%, but it is still higher than um, pre-COVID days. I'm sure most of us are aware of the global recession COVID-19 has caused, but I'll provide some detailed context of the situation. The first major sign of this huge recession was the 2020 stock market crash, which saw major indices drop by 20 to 30% in late February and March. Yeah, this led to increased unemployment rates, as we have just mentioned, and the numbers were only rapidly increasing for most, if not all, countries. And just to add, the UN predicted in April 2020 that global unemployment would wipe out 6.7% of working hours, equivalent to 195 million full-time workers. I mean, that is huge. The recession also exacerbated pandemic-related famines for developing countries due to a drop in remittances. Lastly, the price of oil dropped to record lows. However, a global surge in demand as the world recovered led to the 2021 global energy crisis. Mm, Taking this from the perspective of students like ourselves, among the numerous areas in which COVID-19 has affected, education and employment would be our biggest concerns. Yeah, right. Analyzing the current situation we are facing, I believe human capital is the unifying thread of the impact of COVID-19 on youth. I also think it determines the majority of the youth's future. Human capital is so central to the economies we are a part of, the disturbance of human capital accumulation may result in catastrophic results. Yes, yes, let's begin by defining the centerpiece of our conversation. What is human capital? What do you guys think? Right, so in economics, capital consists of assets used to produce goods and services. The most obvious form is factories and machines. Another form of capital that is equally important is knowledge and skills, also known as human capital. This form of capital can be acquired through an individual's investment in education, skills and training, and these investments increase one's productivity. Oh yes, also the quantity and quality of human capital have a strong correlation with economic growth. 
Yeah, so let's now dive into how COVID-19 has affected youth, starting from the loss of human capital and its effects. First of all, do you think that the accumulation of human capital in the countries you've researched was hindered by COVID-19? Yes, yes, definitely. For example, in the UK, primary pupils have shown declines in the attainment of up to a three-month gap of learning between children in 2019 and 2021. Considering that prior to the pandemic, many schools and pupils did not have strategies for delivering education digitally, it is unsurprising that teachers view pupils to have learned less and done less work. Similarly, students in South Korea spend more money on private education than public education. However, social distancing during COVID-19 had damaged the private sector education as face-to-face classes were limited. According to the results of the 2020 elementary, middle and high school private education expense survey, the total amount of money spent was down 11.8% and participation time per week was down by 1.2 hours from 2019. This shows that South Korean students also received less education during the pandemic. Mm, I see. Putting pieces together, remote learning during lockdowns has caused learning losses and a reduction in the quality of education for all countries we represent today. As a result, pupils have acquired less knowledge and skills than they would have during normal conditions. In economic terms, they have acquired less human capital. So I guess the fact that general population has similar experiences tell us this is a significant issue. What was the cause behind this? Did this loss differ by socioeconomic status of students? Yes, 100%. The biggest reason behind such difference was due to what is known as the digital divide. The digital divide refers to this distinction between those who have access to information and communication technologies and those without. The US has such a huge digital divide. Among 55 million students who moved to online learning during the pandemic, 12 million children were without internet access altogether. An extreme example is in Kansas City, where 70% of children did not have internet access at home. Oh, that is horrible. Yes, yes. More importantly, the digital divide also reinforces racial inequity. Nearly half of Americans without at-home internet were in Black and Hispanic households. There was a 14-point gap in broadband access between white and Black households with school-going children and a 12-point gap between white and Hispanic households. We also found that up to 40% of disconnected K-12 students were from Black, Latino, and Indigenous communities, and they struggled with insufficient digital infrastructure institutional help and literacy. Yeah, there similarly is an ethnic inequity situation in Hong Kong. COVID-19 hasn't necessarily generated a new problem, but rather made it increasingly difficult for the existing youth to acquire quality, quality education. The main problem I observed lies within the basis of the provision of education. As is known, education is an effective tool that reduces inequalities by empowering the socially weakest in a community community to move upward in society. Right, right. Yeah, so in Hong Kong, we speak Chinese. And it was extremely disappointing to find that nearly 60% of schools with non-Chinese speaking students receive no additional subsidy from the government to cater to the Chinese learning needs of ethnic minority students. This hinders their speed of learning in comparison to others. This is a problem, especially especially during COVID times, as these minorities encounter fewer opportunities to practice their Chinese even on a day-to-day basis. 
Mm, how about the digital divide? Right, yes, these minorities are also likely to suffer from the digital divide as access to digital education Digital educational tools, such as a stable internet connection, can be the major barrier to receiving a quality education. A survey from Lainan University Hong Kong reports that 62.75% of respondents felt that online learning is less effective than face-to-face -face learning. This study also reports that students' dissatisfaction with online learning is due to the effectiveness of online learning, where nearly 60% of respondents were concerned about the stability of internet Connection. Yeah, yeah, the digital divide is a really serious problem. Yeah, piecing what we know, I believe the current education system perpetuates the disruption of human capital formation and is a clear example of how the digital divide contributes to this problem during COVID-19. Even for South Korea, which is famous for its internet speed, still 10% do not have internet in their household. These students who also cannot afford the necessary devices and internet were unable to attend online classes, thus receiving critically less education than from pre-pandemic. In the UK, 20% of children on free school meals had no access to a computer compared to 7% of other children. Only 51% of households earning between £6,000 to £10,000 had access to the internet compared to 99% of households earning over £40,000. Yeah, students' limited access to digital resources and the inflexibility in adapting to new teaching methods during COVID causes children and the youth to bear the burden. I think we can conclude that disadvantaged students acquire considerably less human capital due to greater learning losses and reductions in their quality of education. Yeah, moving on, keeping in mind that there are many more causes than just the digital divide to the loss of human capital, what effects did this loss have on youth? I'd say we can take a look at this through perspectives such as employment, wage, and income. Okay, so using econ knowledge, in a competitive labor market, demand for labor is determined by the marginal revenue product of labor, aka MRPL. Wages are set where the MRPL is equal to the cost of hiring an extra unit of labor. Ah, I see. So extending upon, according to Dunlop 1986, the value of marginal productivity strictly determines the demand schedules, not the price of labor. So whoever has higher productivity determined for investments into one's education and training will receive a higher equilibrium wage which has been supported by Tanaka 1997. So one conclusion we can draw is that whoever acquired more human capital will earn higher wages due to higher productivity. However, the issue is that young people have acquired less human capital during the pandemic. Right, so then we can predict that firms and employers are likely to perceive young people to be less productive and thus generate less MRPL than counterparts from previous years. Equilibrium wage will be depressed and so will income. Oh, I actually heard that unemployment itself contributes to the loss of human capital too. Yeah, I actually found underemployment statistics when researching Hong Kong. Hmm, so underemployment is essentially the underuse of human capital reflecting in unexploited resources and therefore a loss in human capital. Underemployment is likely to occur in recession. When economic activity declines, there is a fall in demand for labor and an increase in supply for labor. As we can see, there is excess supply which manifests as layoffs in the labor market. Additionally, it can be so hard to even secure a job during COVID. 
people will essentially take what they can get, which likely includes being underemployed. Data also supports this, as underemployment had unsurprisingly increased during the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, this literally reflects the loss of human capital among youth in Hong Kong. Yeah, that is definitely some cool research. So, even the impacts of loss of human capital, which are unemployment, low wage, and low income, as we said, vary depending on the socioeconomic status of students. What are your thoughts on this? The digital divide that hindered human capital formation is also likely to impact the employment of many disadvantaged students. For example, in the US, 70% of Black and 60% of Hispanic respondents reported being underprepared with digital skills affecting their employability. While a third of all white workers in 2018 were in jobs that they could do from home, less than 20% of black workers and only 16% of Hispanic workers were in jobs that could be done remotely. Without additional intervention to close this divide, a majority of black and Hispanic workers could be locked out of 86% of jobs by 2045. Wow, those are very, those are some very important statistics. Um, similarly, the extent of the economic effects depends on graduates' wages and ability. Those at the top of the wage and ability distribution suffer less by cashing up within about two to four years. However, graduates at the bottom of the wage and ability distribution experience larger and even permanent losses. That is really upsetting. And just to add, by the time these disadvantaged graduates who started a career with depressed wages reach middle age, they lost ground again in terms of earnings. So despite COVID-19 being a global pandemic, it is disadvantaged to face substantial and permanent financial reductions from their investment into human capital due to unsuccessful labor market outcomes. Yeah. So we now know that COVID-19 has reduced the accumulation of human capital for youth. But another aspect we must consider is how graduating in a recession will further exacerbate this disturbed human capital formation. What does the academic literature say about this? Recent graduates have already started their careers at low wages due to the fact that they have acquired less human capital than pre-pandemic cohorts. Initial experiences play a significant role in determining long-term labor market success. success. Starting one's career with depressed wages during a recession can reduce earnings for about a decade. Similarly, entry workers taking poorer quality jobs receive lower incomes. This is because workers who face increasing surge costs settle for a poor quality job before finding higher paying jobs. Also, unemployment itself brings future unemployment and lower subsequent earnings. For example, six months of unemployment at age 22 on average results in an 8% lower wage at age 23. Although the effects diminish over time, in the long run, wages are still 2-3% lower than they would otherwise would have been, even at age 30 to 31. Yeah, very good point. Adding to what you said, the key thing with youth, or in fact all people, is that we learn by doing. Oh yeah, by the way, this is this is an idea introduced by Kenneth Arrow, a Nobel laureate, so do make sure to check out his works. Okay, so this theory suggests that productivity is achieved through practice, and therefore productivity increases during the work process. However, though dis- disproportionately, Disproportionately, high use unemployment rate reduces this chance of learning by doing. In other words, high use unemployment makes it difficult for workers to acquire quality work experience, essentially framing them as less productive individuals in society. Yeah. 
And plus, workers not only miss out on the acquisition and practice of firm-specific skills, but also experience the deterioration of general skills during unemployment. Such large costs of unemployment, especially while the industry evolves, compromises employability. Thus, it is most likely that young people would suffer from hysteresis effects. Hysteresis effects in this context refers to the scarring effects of unemployment, which persist after the initial cases giving rise to the effects are removed. Wrapping this part up, we can conclude that even after the pandemic-induced recession, young people could suffer from lower income and persistent unemployment. So, now that we know the impact of the loss of human capital on wages and unemployment, why do they matter? Could we potentially take a look at income inequality? Mm, yeah, um, although, although there are many mechanisms to explain worsening income inequality, the first we came up with was the varying extent of disturbed human capital formation depending on the socioeconomic status of students. For example, students with a high socioeconomic status experienced minimal to no digital divide. Thus, their opportunity cost of remote learning was low and they lost minimal to no human capital. With unchanged productivity, they received an unchanged wage. However, for students with a low socioeconomic status, they experienced a significant digital divide without access to infrastructure, lacking digital literacy and institutional help. So they would have lost more human capital. Thus, they have become less productive and received lower wages. With widening wage gap, income inequality would only worsen. Yeah, the second mechanism was with the Pigou paradox, another attribute of income differentials. Despite the normally distributed ability, income has a log normal distribution. Only a small percentage of the population earns a very high income. So COVID-19 will reinforce this phenomenon as students of high socioeconomic status receive unchanged wages and students of low socioeconomic status receive lower wages due to a difference in human capital accumulated. But considering diverse angles, we know that the effects don't end with income inequality, right? Absolutely. We can look at the Great Gatsby curve. So the Great Gatsby curve shows that countries with higher levels of income inequality are associated with low intergenerational social mobility. For example, as the US and UK are quite high up on the line, it suggests that social immobility is high and I think that uneven effects of the pandemic indicate worsening income inequality. Yes, I definitely agree. Another point is that poor people are more likely to have underlying health conditions such as diabetes or occupations that make them more vulnerable to the virus and economic downturns. Not only so, one's ability to adapt to the pandemic and lockdowns depend on one's socioeconomic status. People with a low socioeconomic status are less likely to have savings for losses or unexpected expenditures and access to digital resources. Adding on, the economically vulnerable are more likely to have depressed wages and lower lifetime income. Exacerbated inequality means a wider gap between the wealthy and poor, and so it becomes more difficult for those with low socioeconomic status to overcome this gap. Thus, growing income inequality reduces social mobility. So that now brings us to a question of how this current situation of graduating in a recession is similar to the 2008 financial crisis. So what are some similarities? 
Um, the first thing that comes to mind is uncertainty, and I'm sure we can all confirm this. This includes uncertainty with graduation and whether our degrees in education will ensure we can secure a job in the near future. Yeah, this brings us to how we've just talked about COVID-19's impact on the short-term and long-term employment prospects. Speculating on employment, especially when one is in need of a job, can really be unsettling. Absolutely. The global unemployment rate now is about 6.47%. It is a higher number compared to times without a global recession. And these shocking unemployment rates were no different with the 10% from 2009, the peak of global unemployment of the financial crisis. Oh, by the way, in terms of government's responses to these big recessions, I've noticed that monetary and fiscal policies were used to limit economic shocks, and they seem to have provided massive support to the economy. Yeah, yeah, the positive impact of these policies are especially helpful for students, as they are the current students are essentially the world's future, you know? And this goes back to regaining economic certainty. Graduating with better economic confidence is something I would consider almost an incentive to do better in academia, as students can expect their investments in education to pay off by eventually participating in the economy in the long run. I think we can now talk about the key differences between the two recessions. So, the financial crisis simply paralyzed the financial system, but COVID-19 restricted the movement of labor and capital. The biggest and most crucial difference here is the mechanism behind each economic shock. So in 2008, the burst of the housing bubble, aka the endogenous financial shock, affected the demand side first, leading to the Great Recession via wealth effects. On the other hand, the COVID-19-induced recession has affected firstly the real sector of the economy and the supply of production, then the demand side. So for example, lockdown policies resulted in the loss of human capital, Hence, the production possibility frontier, aka potential growth, was reduced. Yeah, another difference was that shortly into the COVID-19 recession, there were labor shortages across many developed economies. Oh yeah, taking the UK as an example, the lack of truck drivers had basically stopped its economy in late 2020, which was a highly unusual phenomenon. Mm-hmm. For the rich world in general, economists say that people were able to save it during the pandemic, so they now have some financial room to wait and settle for better jobs or even retire early. This wasn't quite the case during the Great Recession. Yeah, it's really interesting how history repeats, but it's not always the same. What potential solutions would you guys suggest? Right, we found a couple of policy solutions to close the digital divide and mitigate much of the consequences. Harvard Business Review suggested a Romer tax to cover the budget shortfall. Nobel laureate Paul Romer suggested taxing revenues from targeted digital ads, which offer large revenue pools. So for example, in 2020, social media advertising revenues were 41.5 billion US dollars. A tax rate, for example, 19%, will close the 175 billion US dollars budget gap in the U.S. over eight years. Very briefly, the second solution I'd like to suggest is to identify the gap areas and invite public-private solutions. The government can run local public-private partnerships, prioritizing the most vulnerable areas. It can organize a bidding process to solicit solutions and get local governments involved in the process. Then set targets, anti-subsidies, grants, and additional incentives to hit them. So today's episode discussed how COVID-19 hindered human capital formation for youth, analyzing the digital divide as a cause of such loss, and examined subsequent effects in the labor market, income inequality, and social mobility. 
More than a decade ago, graduate students have faced what today's current graduates are going through. Finding jobs and living a comfortable life is always difficult, but they have become even more difficult. As cringy and cliche as it may sound, youth is the future of economies and we must ensure that all of us have a chance to thrive and shine. We deserve the best future despite the great number of challenges they came through. We hope you had a meaningful time finding more about youth and human capital and we will be back next time with a fun and resourceful episode. Bye! Bye. Thank you! Bye!